welcome to the Head to Heal podcast, where you'll go head over heels learning about how the body and the brain work together to either feed disease or fight it. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist and founder of The Mindful Clinic. With a background in nutrition, behavioral neuropsychology, and hypnosis, I'm going to walk you through the root cause of your symptoms and disordered behaviors. The body has an innate ability to heal. No one is destined for illness, and most, if not all, disorders can be reversed. Come with me as we develop a new understanding of how you can use your head to heal and truly thrive. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Head to Heal podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Sade, certified holistic nutritionist, hypnotherapist, and founder of The Mindful Clinic. I want to preface this episode and all future episodes by saying that I am not a medical doctor and you should always seek help from a physician before beginning any new health regime. Okay, guys, today I'm so excited because we have a very special guest here. And so today we're actually going to learn about the Dutch test hormone test. And Natasha Cook is a colleague of mine and she does all of the Dutch hormone results and she's my specialist hormone on the Mindful Clinic team. We love her so much. And I I really feel like, you know, for a long time, I focused a lot on the psychology of things and, you know, the functional medicine, but I just totally didn't really dive into hormones and hormones are extremely complex and there's so much going on there. And I'm so happy to have a specialist on my team, but I think it's really important, especially if you're somebody who struggles from any type of stubborn weight or has the goal of losing weight or any type of mood stuff going on that we actually do a deep dive into understanding what is going on in the, in the hormones because our hormones kind of rule the world basically. So Natasha, if you could just briefly explain, just give us a, a short bio, tell us your story. Yeah, for sure. So first and foremost, thanks for having me here. And for those of you that don't know me, my name is Natasha Cook and I am a holistic nutritionist And I specialize in hormonal balance and environmental detox. So I am a graduate from the Institute of Holistic Nutrition, which is actually the same school that Jordana went to. So we have a lot of common ground there. And I've met some of probably the best people in the world from there. So I'm a big fan. Yeah. And after I graduated from school, I didn't really know how to utilize the information that I received. So I really lucked out and I had the opportunity to partner with an incredible naturopath who exposed me to the world of functional testing. And so that's where I started learning about the Dutch test among some other tests that I run within my practice. But with the mindful clinic, we really focus on the Dutch test and hormonal testing, which is one way of gaining insight into, you know, potential root causes for whatever's going on with your body. And yeah, so I'm really excited to dive in and expose, you know, what the Dutch test is, the benefits that we of like insight we can get from it, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Thank you so much. That that was perfect. And yeah, so I will say that And quite honestly, I really try my best not to give my clients too much expenses in because honestly, it's expensive to work with a functional medicine doctor. It's, It's really expensive to focus on your health. But I tried forever not to do functional testing, but actually it with the group that we've done the Dutch hormone test results, there has been the biggest benefits. And so I think that the more information that we do know about our hormones and how it works, the better we're able to really treat the clients. So, all right. Let's just kind of start from the basics here for everybody who's listening, who has no idea what the Dutch test is and how it works. Natasha, can you just tell us who this test is for? 
Yeah, absolutely. So in my opinion, truly it's for everybody. And it's really just a matter of like when to introduce it in your healing journey. So Ideally, I think it's for people who are suffering from heavy or painful periods. You know, they're noticing a change in their mood, increased irritability, depression, anxiety, stubborn weight, changes in libido, migraines. Anytime that you're just like, I know that I'm not okay. And it's from like a mental health and or hormonal aspect. This test is for you. It's really, really great too, especially if you've gone to the doctor and they've said, hey, like everything looks great. Hormones look all in balance, but you're like, something is still off. Then this is really a fantastic test to give you nice detailed example of like what might be going on from not only a hormonal aspect, but in, it gives you insight into your adrenal health, potential thyroid issues, so on and so forth, which we will talk more about as well. Perfect. And so just to be really clear, like if I go to the doctor and I get referred to an endocrinologist and they're going to run like a blood test, how is this different from that? Yeah. So, I mean, that is also really valuable information. So I'm not saying to, you know, just do the Dutch test and not look into potentially working with an endocrinologist. However, what we're going to get is a snapshot of, you know, what's going on, not only with your sex hormones, which is estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, but we're also going to get insight into the HPA axis, which is that hypothalamus pituitary adrenal connection. We're also going to get insight into our cortisol levels and how they're all related and working amongst one another. You know, and I kind of talked on this before, but basically you can't really talk about hormonal health without talking about digestion. So, and we're going to get more into that too, but basically, um, I think the cool thing about running this test, especially with working with you in this program, is that we're really touching on so many different things. So there's the digestion, there's the hormonal balance, there's the mindset, which is, again, taking a holistic approach, which is what needs to happen in order to get these things balanced. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Because I know that when I was, I had a really big adrenal crash and I went to see an endocrinologist and they're like, nope, everything looks great. But then when I did the Dutch test, I was like, wow, everything does not look great. Like there was huge imbalances that that snapshot, like that blood test with the doctor just like didn't catch. And so I just wanted to help the audience understand that, you know, both are valuable, but the Dutch test is really going to be a much more compulsory viewpoint. It's going to give you a lot more information. Okay. So now I would love for you to tell us what exactly can we find from the Dutch test? And you kind of already touched on this, but like, what are we looking for when we're looking at the Dutch test? So what we're looking for is we want to identify, you know, what are your hormonal levels? So are you producing hormonal levels that are quote unquote within a normal range for, you know, your age and your time in life? So are you premenopausal or postmenopausal, you know, and what's happening there. So that's one thing. But then you're also looking at the correlation between estrogen and progesterone. One of the things that I've been hearing, like, kind of mumbling around within the wellness community and or in general, especially on the Instagram world is the conversation around estrogen dominance, yeah. uh, which is absolutely a very real thing and very common amongst a lot of people. However, we can have an estrogen dominance and not have really high estrogen levels. Right. Mm -hmm. So what we're actually looking for is the correlation between estrogen and progesterone. And, you know, are they balanced? And then are you within the normal range or are you on the higher end? Because the way that we would go about correcting that and or working with our clients to, you know, balance that out would be very different. Mm -hmm. So 
looking at that, we're also looking at, I had meant how I had mentioned that HPA access. So, you know, what's going on with the brain and the adrenal and ovary connection and or testosterone, I mean, testes, if you're looking at a male, what's that connection? It's also going to give us insight into, you know, do we have the key nutrients we need in order to metabolize these hormones and or toxins properly? So like our B vitamins, thione, which is a master antioxidant, you know, and then on top of that, it's actually going to give us insight into how we're metabolizing these hormones through the liver. So we have the three phases of metabolism. I don't know if you want to jump into that now or yeah, let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Okay. All right. So we've got three phases of detox, basically metabolism through the, like our bodies. So the first one is it's phase one liver detox. So basically fat soluble toxins get initially broken down into less powerful forms. So that's phase one. And During phase one, you actually have the ability to your body basically, or your liver specifically will pick one of three pathways to secrete those toxins. And we have one that we refer to as the 2OH pathway, which is our safest pathway. And this is the most preferred. Uh, Then we have another pathway, which was referred to as our 4OH pathway. And this one's a little more problematic. So if we're really pushing this pathway And there are certain ranges that, again, are quote-unquote considered to be within the normal range. So if we're really pushing this 4-OH pathway, we can actually be more susceptible to developing estrogenic cancers, you know, or it's, it's basically an indication that something is wrong. So we really want to address dietary and lifestyle changes to make sure that that doesn't continue. And then we also have another pathway, which is the 16-OH pathway. And this one actually is really preferred, especially during pregnancy, because we, when we push this pathway, we're really pushing growth. So if you are somebody who suffers from, you know, fibrocystic breasts or cysts or things like that, having this information is really important because we can be really specific with how we go about, you know, supporting you through your phase one detox. So that's phase one. And then we have phase two, which is still liver detox, but this is basically where water soluble toxins get further broken down and put into bile. So this is where we really need the nutrients. So we need to make sure that you're getting ample levels of B vitamins, magnesium, selenium, choline, all the good things that, you know, we need in order to support our liver with detoxification. So we get some insight into that. Also, we also get some insight into if you are methylating like low or high, which is like, we can do an entire podcast just on that, Mm -hmm. Um, but I won't dive too much into it, but we get some insight into that as well. And then phase three, this is the most important. So this is basically where we're looking at, you know, elimination. So how is your digestion? How is your poop? I never would have thought that <laughs> I would become the person who's always like, how are your poops? Tell me about your poops. <laughs> I literally get my clients to send me pictures of their poops. I'm like, especially when you first start with me, they're like, I don't know you well enough for that. I'm like, no, no, you have to. Like, We're going to get pretty tight on this journey. But yeah, like it's so important. We're going to get real intimate, but absolutely. So this is where, you know, the liver is basically going to secrete those hormones and toxins and put them into our bile which then is eliminated via our poop. So if we're not eliminating properly, then, you know, it doesn't really, it matters what's going on on phase one and phase two, but we really need to address that first. So 
this is why I think this is where you can't really talk about hormones without talking about digestion and your gut health. So like to your point, you were talking about expenses with these tests and I agree, like they can be a little bit like a little bit alarming at first where you're like, Whoa, you want me to spend how much on this? And it's, it's still like only with it, it's a couple hundred dollars. Like it's not like it's completely unattainable, but I think when you have these issues happening for years and, or it's debilitating towards your life and your quality of life, investing this money in yourself is just the value is just, I can't even express it. Yeah. And I felt that personally, and that's why I'm so passionate about it within my practice as well. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That was so informative and totally agreed. Like I was the type of person that I was like, Oh, you know, like whatever, fuck testing, I'm going to do a detox anyways. But then now through my pregnancy, I developed such a hormonal imbalance and I'm like, it doesn't like the weight gain doesn't make any sense based on like how much I'm eating and how much I'm moving. And my psychology around food is like amazing. Right. And so then that's why I was like, Natasha, help me. (laughs) And so getting that kind of like deeper look into exactly what's going on is going to be really important to be able to actually like, you know, without shooting in the dark, like we don't want to treat something that like, isn't don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. And the type of supplements that I would use for like an estrogen dominance would be different if I'm estrogen dominant, but I'm still estrogen deficient. And that probably doesn't make sense to people listening. So Natasha, why don't you tell us exactly what that means and why that's important to know? So that is so important to know. And I know that, you know, you've probably heard this as well, where we say test and not guess. And this is crucial because there is a lot of over overlapping symptoms. So in estrogen dominance and low estrogen levels, you can still experience things like weight gain and mood issues. But if you were to implement something like a supplement like DIM, so DIM is something that's commonly used to lower estrogen levels within men and women, but basically it will lower your overall estrogen levels. So if you're technically considered to have estrogen levels that are within the normal range, but your progesterone is lower than your estrogen, you technically like you can still experience symptoms of estrogen dominance. But if you were to use a supplement like DIM, which can overall lower your estrogen levels, you're actually going to be making the situation much worse because Mm -hmm. then you throw yourself into a point where your estrogen levels are even lower. And, you know, like we need estrogen. Estrogen is really important for our overall health. It helps us with ensuring that, you know, we don't have bone loss and we don't have things like osteoporosis happening in the future. So as much as it's a blessing that we have all this information online where people are kind of just like, oh, you know, this and this and this and this might be this, and we can really be informed it's really important to work with a practitioner and or somebody who can help really lay this all out for you because sometimes you can make the situation worse. And that's just one example, but you know, similar to estrogen and progesterone, there are overlapping symptoms to excess estrogen and testosterone. So an example of that is low testosterone is associated with belly fat, low energy and sex drive, mood issues, you know, and high testosterone can cause symptoms such as acne, aggression, and thinning hair. So it's really important that we're able to get that full scope of what's going on because, you know, when we are trying to balance this stuff out, the way we would address these things is actually quite different. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get pretty good results or great results and you want to do it in a timely manner, testing is definitely the way to go. 
Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Because after my pregnancy, I was like, Natasha, like, should I just take DIN? Like I'm so estrogen dominant. And she's, you were like, no, no, let's test first. Cause like, you can still be deficient and that could like totally fuck shit up. So we will actually talk in a different podcast about like postnatal stuff around hormones. We're not going to focus on that here. We'll focus mostly on just on weight loss here, but just for everybody listening, if you are postnatal, you just want to wait about a month. Like as you were saying, Natasha, about a month after you stop breastfeeding to test, correct? Yeah, you want to give your body some time to adjust. I mean, pregnancy is such a complex thing. And it's, and even just people in general are just bioindividuality is a real thing. Like the way that I'll respond to something is going to be really different the way than the way you would respond to something. So definitely give your body some time to adjust, especially after breastfeeding and or pregnancy. I mean, like, your body's going to be going through fluctuations for a year, maybe even sometimes more, but giving at least a month is definitely recommended for sure. Okay, perfect. And then the other thing that I really wanted to talk about today, because we've touched on it quite a few times, is the importance of the importance of the HPA access and like what that basically does. So you've touched on some of the symptoms and imbalances of what hormones, how these hormones can affect the people. So let's just expand on the findings that you get from the HPA access. Yeah, for sure. So the Dutch test is taking five different urine samples over a two-day period. This is going to give us a snapshot into your cortisol levels throughout the day. So, you know, are you seeing a rise in the morning? You know, cortisol is a stress hormone and people give it a really bad rap, kind of like estrogen, but we need cortisol. We just want to make sure that it's balanced and we're getting that pattern that we should get throughout the day to make sure that we're getting those cortisol hits like when we need it. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking for is to make sure that we're seeing a rise in the morning and then a decrease in the evening. And it's not opposite, which is potentially something that could be leading to insomnia, as well as like anxiety and just so many other things. You're also looking at your levels of DHEA, which is a precursor to testosterone and is produced in the adrenal glands. So Looking into all of these things gives us insight into how the HPA axis is functioning and what kind of support is needed, if any. So helpful for anyone looking at increasing their resilience to stress. Insomnia is huge. If we're not sleeping, we're not repairing. So I think that, you know, if you've been struggling with insomnia for a long time, like, first of all, my heart goes out to you. But second of all, you don't, like, don't accept it, you know, amongst a lot mm -hmm. of other things. Also, our irritability, anxiety, and depression. I know, and just sort of on a, a side note, you know, I, from my personal experience, I was diagnosed with PMDD, which is premenstrual depression disorder in mm -hmm. my thirties. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I've been menstruating since I was 12. So I basically went my entire life just thinking it was absolutely normal to feel depressed and anxious all the time during my luteal phase. Mm -hmm. And so that's not normal. And I remember I got to a point where I was just like, okay, I don't know, something's off here. And that's when I basically went back to school and really started diving in with my doctor. And it took me a really long time. But if I knew about the Dutch test back then and had the information I had now, I wouldn't have even questioned it. I would have jumped on board and been like, okay, let me figure this out because it does give us so much insight into how our hormones are impacting our, our mood, our energy, and so much more. And that has an impact on not only your relationships and your overall well-being, but your productivity when it comes to work mm -hmm. and all these different things. So it's just, it's so important. And yeah, that 
apologies for the tangent there, but I just- No, no, we love it. Yeah, we love a personal <laughs> story over here. Okay, and so talking about mood for a second, which is kind of like the baby of the Mindful Clinic, right? It's the connection between mental health and nutrition. What hormones would you say are most important to look at when we talk about like balancing our mood or when we see like mood disorders? Okay, so this is the- unspoken hero of the hormones. I really feel like, and there's a lot of science and information behind this too, but we have to take a moment to speak to progesterone. So progesterone is made when we ovulate. So this is another thing too, like when we're working with clients and talking about hormonal balance, we really got to meet our clients where, where they're at. And I find that, you know, it starts off like one of my first sessions that I do with my clients is something I refer to as like menstruation and movement, where I teach them about first and foremost, there are four phases of our menstrual cycle. Okay. So we need to know when we're in each phase and how that's making us feel. Mm -hmm. We also need to know what movement we should be doing within those phases. So, you know, rest is actually can be really nourishing during, for instance, the menstrual phase. Right. But if you're if you're in the follicular phase or your ovulatory phase, this is where you really want to be pushing yourself and pushing that energy through and ensuring that you're getting the right types of movement in during each phase is really helpful for not only progesterone production, but making sure that your overall hormonal balance is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's one of the things that I find is really challenging amongst you know society it's sort of like we've been drilled in our heads as as women specifically to think like oh you know we just have to compete with the boys and like we got to do everything just like everybody else and that means that you know if I'm getting my period I just have to push through and not rest but really learning about that is is important Mm -hmm. but to circle back to progesterone progesterone is made when we ovulate so if we're not ovulating you know, we're not producing progesterone. So if you're not getting your period and this can occur either through, you know, naturally you're just not getting your period or you can be on hormonal birth control where you're not having a real period and, you know, straight off the bat, like there is no judgment here. I was on birth control for over 10 years of my life, but that has a huge impact on your progesterone production. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so progesterone overall, I always like to refer to it as like our chill factor hormone. So it helps balance out estrogen. And so if we're not producing progesterone, estrogen can kind of get out of control. And that's where it's like, it will really have an impact on our mood, our anxiety, insomnia, irritability, amongst so many other things. So yeah, hopefully that explains it. I mean, I could go on about progesterone a lot, but the other thing that's really important to note too, is if we don't feel safe, we can't produce progesterone. So you know, there's a lot of things that are going on. And again, like you can't really talk about, and I've said this already multiple times, so sorry for being a broken record, but you know, our body will feel safe for multiple reasons. It's not just mind over matter. Like sometimes there's things going on in the body that are causing it to feel unsafe. Like Mm -hmm. this is where pathogens are really important to address, you know, parasites or potentially you have that imbalance within the HPA axis where you need support. So you're basically your brain is going to be able to start communicating with the ovaries again, saying, Hey, we actually need to start producing progesterone because we're no longer getting that synthetic form of progestin through the birth control pill. 
Yeah. Such a good point. Like I just, if we can highlight one part of this podcast, let it be this moment here, because like when we talk about something like stubborn weight, like what is weight really? It's like protection, right? It's like a layer of protection that you have on your body. So when a lot of the like affirmations and the work that I do with my clients is like helping them feel safe in their body so that they can like lose the weight effortlessly. And part of the work that like part of what's happening here is like from a hormonal perspective, it's that we're increasing progesterone, right? And so progesterone's actually, and I've said this in other podcasts too. So just a refresher, but progesterone can either convert to testosterone or cortisol. So when you're favoring that cortisol pathway, then we now have a decrease in testosterone. So we're not producing libido and whatever. So like literally one of the first conversations that I have with my clients is I'm like, how often do you masturbate? Like, Just tell me. Yeah. But I think that that stuff's really, really important. And so one thing that maybe you can ask yourself, like, I know this is a little bit convoluted and like, it does more relate to testosterone, but like, if you're somebody who has stubborn weight, if you're somebody who like, doesn't have a libido, like progesterone is likely too low. And it's possible that we have an estrogen dominance and estrogen also can be deficient, right? But it's still above progesterone. And so boosting that progesterone is really what we want to focus on. And there actually aren't many supplements that do that, right? Like a lot of that does come down to your lifestyle, how safe you feel in your body, foods for sure. Like, and maybe you can talk to this, Natasha, but like, are there specific nutrients or foods that we can use to help boost the progesterone production? Yeah, definitely. And I think the biggest thing with progesterone production, and again, this is like one of the first things that I talk to my clients about is blood sugar management. So like, yeah, like overall, we just need to make sure we're getting enough of our macronutrients. So what I mean by macronutrients is like our fats, carbs, and our proteins. And this was one of the things that when I started really working on, you know, balancing out my hormones, I couldn't believe how much I was under eating and I was eating the wrong things. So, you know, one of the things that I always tell people is if you're eating the right macronutrients, then the micronutrients are going to balance out, you know, but we also have to make sure that we're absorbing our foods properly and that we don't have any underlying, again, the pathogens or imbalances with our bacteria that are preventing that from happening. So, Yeah, there's that. But also like to sort of another segue, but it's really commonly related to progesterone and overall low hormonal balances is, you know, I think that the thing that we need to look at as well is our thyroid health. Yeah. So there's a huge connection between our thyroid health and hormonal balance. And Another thing that I always get my clients to do is just to get a basal body thermometer. So they're really affordable. You can get one at your local grocery, not grocery store, but pharmacy or whatever. You can even get it on Amazon. Not that I want to support Amazon, but it is really convenient. (laughs) Um, And they're super affordable, under 20 bucks. And what you can do is just take your body temperature before you get out of bed in the morning. And when we do this, this is going to give us insight into so many different things, but mainly it's going to give us insight into our thyroid health because we often can go to the doctor and get tested for our thyroid. And, you know, if your doctor is amazing, which there are so many of them out there, they might be testing for your T3, T4, TSH, you know, free T3 and all the different things, but it's kind of challenging to get a full scope of what's going on with your thyroid. It's one of the more challenging things I think to identify, but if you take your temperature every morning and your temperature isn't between anywhere from like 
don't quote me on this because I'm not a fan instructor and that's another tangent, but 35.5 to 37.1 degrees. Like if your temperature falls below that, you know, that's an indication that you could have hypothyroidism, which is a underactive thyroid. And so the thyroid is so closely linked to our hormonal production. Um, and do you want me to jump into that, Jordana? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. So the thyroid is responsible for so many different functions within the body, our body temperature being one of them. But also just to kind of give you like a base understanding is if you have hypothyroidism, it basically means, or just symptoms of it, it means that your body is slowing down. And so when we think about digestion, that means peristalsis as well. So peristalsis is basically where your intestines are contracting to have bowel movements. So if you suffer from constipation, you're really cold all the time, you know, that's an indication that you could have a low thyroid. Um, And so if that's happening, we want to make sure that we're addressing that because as much as it's really valuable to do the Dutch test or GI map or whatever test we're doing, you know, I always challenge my clients to say, but why? So I have low estrogen, I have low progesterone, cool, but why? Right. And so that's why we really have to keep digging. And so the thyroid is huge for that. But yeah, that's my little thing. And I can get in more into like hormones and stuff like that. But I think at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing. So we always want to look into our thyroid health and the way we can go about balancing that is just increasing our mineral intake, which Mm -hmm. is huge. I'm kind of obsessed with it at the moment, but really getting those nutrient dense foods, working on, on absorption, proper bowel movements, all that stuff. And that's where, you know, working with a practitioner is is super helpful because there's nothing more frustrating than buying all these supplements and nothing's working and you're just continuously in this vicious cycle. Yeah. And just to be really clear, like even if everything comes back totally cool from like your blood work with your doctor for your thyroid hormones, like it doesn't mean that they're being utilized properly. So Natasha, you kind of opened my eyes to one aspect of this where, you know, we're producing thyroid hormone properly, but if we have estrogen dominance, then it's like the thyroid's not being accepted. Like, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So Basically, we have a thyroid stimulating hormone, right? So TSH that is fluctuating throughout the body. And when our thyroid's kind of giving up, we start to produce more of that. And the estrogen receptors and the thyroid binding globulin, those two receptors sort of, they can kind of go hand in hand and exchange with one another. So what ends up happening is too much estrogen can interfere with your thyroid health. That's because high blood levels of estrogen signal the liver to increase the production of thyroid binding globulin. So that's TBG. This is an inhibitor protein that binds to the thyroid hormone, reducing the amount of T3 and T4 available for use by the cells. So in response, the thyroid gland cranks up production to compensate for the deficit. And estrogen can also affect thyroid functions in like different ways. So Estrogen stimulates the growth of the thyroid gland. So as a consequence, excess estrogen can lead to enlarged thyroid, like the goiter. Essentially, the whole thing is, is that if you have an underlying thyroid issue, that's going to have an impact on your hormones, right? And so we can't, like just with anything, we're holistic beings. You can't just not address it and or look into it you have a hormonal balance, specifically if you have like low hormonal levels and or an estrogen dominance. 
Yeah. And I think that this just kind of highlights another reason why we all need to work with practitioners because it's like hormones run like within balance of one another. And like every, like every part of the endocrine system works like with each other. So when one part of the system is like underproducing, other parts of the system have to start to overproduce and like kind of like pick up the slack. And so it's really important for, to understand like all the hormones in conjunction with one another and not just separately, not just estrogen, not just testosterone. Like it's like how they affect one another, but obviously we're here to talk about like weight loss, right? So if we have a low thyroid, we can imagine what that does for our weight. And then that coupled with like high estrogen, it's just like a a perfect storm for weight gain and making the weight really, really stubborn, which is, there's nothing more frustrating than feeling like you're eating really healthy, you're exercising every day and like the weight's just not coming off. And if that's the case, that's a really good opportunity for you to dig a bit deeper. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And just on a note on that, like there, I can't tell you how many times I see, you know, really driven women, like the women I work with, they are badass. They are entrepreneurs. They are people who are really like driven in their lives and they are focused and committed. So when they're on that spiral of working out too much, not eating enough, you know, feeling awful, like that's not the level that they deserve to be at. So when we have to break down all those barriers and say, actually hang tight, you actually need to rest, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to nurture your body. You actually need to eat more food. You know, you actually need to like disconnect. It's like, those are the toughest things for these people to work on. Right. And, (laughs) you know, and trust me, I know too, but they're like, to live a good life, you have to literally live a good life. Like you need to make yourself. And I've always said this to my clients too. So if anyone, any of them are listening, like you are your best asset, right? So you need to take care of yourself just like you would your top client. If your top client was running themselves ragged or, you know, doing things that you were like, wow, this is really detrimental to them. You wouldn't even question it. You would be like, all right, Yeah. We're going to get you organized, right? But yet it's so challenging for us to do that for ourselves. So yeah, it's like, it's almost impossible. And it's so like, I've said, so I've have so many high achieving women too. Like I have a lot of clients that like, can't like set a goal and just like, can't do the steps to get there. But I have this other group of clients where they're all type A, they're all like, I wake up every morning, I go to the gym. And when I'm like, you need to take time off because we actually don't lose weight when we're awake, folks, like we have to be asleep. So this is where the insomnia comes out. And like, we have to be rested, growth hormone has to be able to come out. So we have to be in this like really rested state in order to actually lose the weight. And so you could be doing everything right. But if you're over exerting yourself and under eating, it's really going to be problematic. Like it might work in the beginning, you'll lose weight initially, because there's a reduction in calories, and there's more movement for sure. But eventually, you're going to get to the point where you're going to run yourself so ragged that your hormones are going to become off balance. And at that point, you've hit a plateau and like you're screwed. Like, the only way to really get past that is to like, completely break it all down and start again and focus on rest and focus on eating more and nourishing and digestion, etc. Totally. Yeah. So I think that I'd love to like finish this off, put a pretty bow on it and package it up nicely. But Natasha, could you just tell us like, why is the Dutch test important for weight loss? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I think the thing when it comes to weight loss is basically specifically learning from the Dutch test is our fat cells hold toxins. So as we shrink the fat cells, we release the toxins. 
So if we're not, if our drainage pathways aren't open and we're not clearing them in the right ways, this is going to have a huge impact on our hormones, our mood, our energy levels, and overall well-being. So, you know, weight loss is a complex issue, but at the same time, like it doesn't really need to be. So let's make it as easy as possible (laughs) by gaining as much knowledge as we can and supporting the body however we need. And to sort of like end this off too, I think it's so valuable to work with someone like Jordana on a weight loss journey because, you know, we are releasing those toxins. There is a huge mental element that goes along with this whole journey and you're, you do a great job at supporting people through that. So just wanted to put that in there too. Yeah. It's really beautiful to see. Thank you. You're so sweet. I couldn't do without your help, especially with the hormone stuff, but a few more questions for you, Natasha, if you have the time, but I'd love to know, like, if you could give us, you know, like your top three lifestyle or dietary recommendations or tips to balance hormones in general, what would they be? Oh yeah. I love this question. The first one is blood sugar management. So if that, if you're kind of like, I have no idea what that means, then reach out, speak to a practitioner. It is a game changer. So learning how to do that, a tip on how to manage your blood sugar is I always say prioritize your protein. So make sure that you're getting like up to as, as a female, I try to get 90 grams protein a day, which can kind of feel overwhelming and, you know, work up to it. It doesn't have to be something that you change right away, but that's a big one Two, making sure you're sleeping and getting quality sleep is really, really important. And the way you go about doing that, again, especially if you're suffering from insomnia, reach out to a practitioner, we can help you help you with that. But one thing that you can do to help with insomnia is just make sure that when you wake up in the morning, you get that exposure to natural sunlight within your first hour of rising, that's going to help balance out your circadian rhythm. And the third one, spend time in nature, is what I'm going to mm. say. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think, you know, those negative ions, they really, they really make a big difference. So if you're really like wound up, and you don't really know how to calm yourself down, spend some time in nature and unplug. It's, it's really undervalued, I think, in today's society, and it goes so far and you are absolutely worth the break. So Yeah. yeah, all things will be there for you when you come back, the world won't stop. And they'll be more than happy to pick you right back up when you come back. So don't be scared of that. Just go for it. Live a good life. (laughs) I love that. It's just so cute. Yeah. And so then for anybody who is interested in like working on hormone balancing, how long can they expect it to like take? Okay. Great question. This is again, one of those things where it's not mind over matter. You really have to work with your body. So I think that when you start prioritizing things to balance out your hormone, like eating properly, sleeping, you know, prioritizing your well-being, things will start to improve pretty quickly, like within like one to three months. But when we're talking about correcting things long term, you need to be like in it for the long haul. So the behaviors need to be in place for six plus months and possibly ideally forever, you know, and change takes time. And it also depends on your circumstances. I mean, if you have three kids and you're working full time, you know, you may not necessarily be able to prioritize all the things that somebody else who doesn't have those commitments 
like has to, when they have to deal with that. So have grace, your timeline is your timeline. So if you start to feel better after one month, amazing. And if you don't just stick with it because you will, Mm -hmm. it's just your timeline is going to be unique to you. Yeah. Cause I'm like, oh, you know, like going out in nature is such a great recommendation, but I can already hear my clients being like, I did it. And like, nothing happened. <laughs> like I felt good for that 10 minutes. And like, now what? But it is something that like, you just really need to keep up. And like, if you think about, you've already talked to this, but if you think about like building the life that you like, you dream of, like so much of that has to be rooted in like being okay with taking a break and go like, it's not about going in that forest or spending time in nature so that you can balance hormones for that night. It's like long haul. What do I want my look, life to look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that I actually really love you for too, is, you know, I always tell people that you're great at getting yourself to grow out of your own damn box. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you really have to, again, think about where, I'm, what's my starting point. So if my starting point is I work 60 plus hours a week, I've got kids running around, I don't have time to breathe, you know, maybe prioritizing in 10 minutes to breathe is a huge win for you. And you may not think that, oh my gosh, I'm not I'm not healed. I'm not, I'm not perfect, but that's making a big difference. And that's a huge step. And we need to celebrate that win. And then all of a sudden it's like, now your kids are able to maybe take five minutes and breathe with you. And then all of a sudden it's like your partner is on board with it too. And in a year from now, it's just like, it's become ritual where, you know, I'm doing this and the growth happens, but you have to be consistent with it and grow out of your own damn box. That's all you got to do. You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is one thing that I like to ask all of my guests on the podcast, but we're just going to do a little automatic fire questioning. So I just, I just want you to blurt out an answer and tell me where we're at. All right. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Three, all right. Three, two, one, coffee or tea? Oh, I love coffee, but it doesn't love me. So tea. <laughs> Attend a party or host a party? Attend hundred percent. I'm an awful host. Lose sleep or skip a meal? Uh, skip a meal. Automatic, baby. Got to go. <laughs> Cash or credit? Cash. Sneakers or dress shoes? Sneakers. Comfort. Always. Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. I'm a nerd for a documentary. Success or happiness? Happiness always. Skill or popularity? Skill. Hero or anti-hero? Hero. I don't know about that one. <laughs> regret, regret or doubt? Ooh, regret. Painful truth or comforting lie? Painful truth, baby. Give Pause it to- time. Sorry. <laughs> Pause time or rewind time? I don't know what that means. Pause time. Logic or emotion? Emotion. I'm a Pisces. <laughs> sight, sight or sound? Sight. See the future or change the past? See the future. Don't look back. Red or white wine? Red. Hot coffee or iced coffee? It's 40 degrees. It's iced right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Roommates or live alone? Live alone. Embarrassed or afraid? Embarrassed. Smartphone or tablet? Smartphone. Night or morning? Morning. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Rich and unknown, thousand percent. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely disagree with that one. (laughs) Hang out with kids or old folks? 
old folks, they've got actually, that's a tough one. Initially old folks, I'm going to go with that. They have the best stories, but kids are great. So awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. I think I'd like choose old folks for now. I think I have enough kids in my life, but last one, passion or stability. Ooh, stability. No passion. Ooh, I don't know. Go with whatever. Both are great. (laughs) What's the first thing that came to your mind? Passion. Passion. But I said stability. Yeah. Yeah. So passion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Natasha, that was so fun. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge here. Why don't you tell our followers or listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So thank you. I'm on Instagram at natashacook.co. That's also my website too. So that's N-A-T-A-S-H-A-C-O-O-K.co. And I would love to hear from all of you guys. So if you're curious or if you want to learn more, reach out for sure and or join Jordana's program and do the Dutch test and you get the best of both of us. (laughs) So true. So true. By the way, Natasha is totally covered in my mastermind program. So you do the mastermind program and you, you want to opt for the Dutch test. Like I pay for Natasha basically. So <laughs> it's super worth it. <laughs> okay. All right, Natasha. I love you so much. I got to run, but I can't wait to release this episode. Let me know what you guys think. And we'll see you next time on another episode of the Head to Heel podcast. Bye. Bye guys. Bye.